Hi, I'm Ryan Becker, and you're listening to the Rock Hill Seventh-day Adventist Church Official Sermon Archive. You can find more information about our church at www.rockhillsdachurch.org. We hope by listening to this message that you are encouraged and challenged in your walk with Christ. The title of my message is The The Hand of God. And uh, this is my story, my journey from uh, Hungary to the United States of America when I was about eight years old. So before we begin, let me have a prayer with you. Dear Heavenly Father, be with me as I present this story. Father, you are my strength and my salvation and my deliverer. I praise you because you are worthy to be praised. I depend on your strength each hour and each day. Thank you for being with us in Rock Hill, and we pray that you will give the blessing to the people, and may they be blessed by my message. In Jesus' name I pray. <clears throat> the sky was flaming red. The streets were a flowing river of death. The city was burning. The year 1942. Second World War. Each morning, or one early morning actually, we heard a tremendous noise in front of our house. What is this, an earthquake? Or is this, it's trembling. And uh, my mother ran to the window to look out and we followed her, we were just little children. And what we saw was amazing. Tanks were going by our house. Soldiers in trucks with guns on their shoulders, hundreds of them. Guns were pulled by trucks. It was the Second World War. Germans invaded Hungary. Wailing sirens always announced the Americans were coming, bombing with their B-17 and B-29s. Airplanes came by the dozens. Can you imagine, you double the dozen, that's 24 propellers, boom, shaking our windows, pictures fell off the wall, China in the cabinet was falling over. It was a tremendous, and all we can do is, we went always to the basement. My father took his Bible and he was, uh, uh, helping us children to be quiet. It's not though. God is with us. He's helping us. And he would read from the Bible. And uh, one of them is Psalm 34-7. I didn't bring my Bible. I just got everything written out here so I can save time. 34-7. The angel of the Lord guards those who fear him and delivers them. One side of Budapest, outside of Budapest actually, where the oil refinery, there were these huge tanks holding billions of gallons of gasoline, several of them, kerosene, turpentine, all of this. And this was the business area of hunger in Budapest, and there were many factories around on this place. And they dug ditches in front of their buildings in the factory, when the planes come, they would go into these ditches to protect them from explosion. 
Well, they didn't realize that they were bombing the oil. The bad kerosene and the benzene was flowing on the streets. It was flowing river of death, as I said, into these trenches where the people were hugging, hiding, people running on the street, but the gas would flow faster, and the people burned on the streets from this gas. It was a Budapest was with fire, smoke, and flame. And uh, <coughs> we had to get used to this. It was a terrible disaster. And every time the planes come, we would go to the basement. My parents would read the Bible. When it was off, we went up, she cooked. And then we went back to the basement, day and night. Uh, we had to put black paper on our window and with scotch tape, not a single light should go out because then when they saw light, from the bombers came the, the fighter planes that were protecting the bombers. And they would shoot anything that I can see. So it was very dangerous. <coughs> My father was a Lutheran and uh, he was the treasurer of the church. He was the music director and uh, he played the violin and he was in an orchestra used to play the violin. And uh, my mother was a Catholic and uh, she taught us how to pray the, uh, ten, the Lord's Prayer. And we had to say it 10 times each night. <clears throat> it was dangerous to live in Budapest. Uh, with all this bombing, and my dad decided he's gonna go out to the country and find a place for us to live, because the city is not safe. So he found a house a few miles down the road in the city, a small town, a farm town, and he rented the house and we moved over there. We locked up the house, and we lived there for a few months, until it wasn't safe there either. The Russians were getting closer. The German soldiers moved into our town. They had the tanks and were, they were repairing and, and servicing the trucks and stuff and tanks. So somehow the Russians found out so they would send missiles over them boom, and the Germans would fight back to the Russians. So it wasn't safe anymore even at the town. <coughs> so. Uh, my father decided we're going to go back to Budapest, pick up a few things with us, and go to Austria. <coughs> so he talked to a German officer over there. He spoke German, and he found out what's going to happen. Is it getting safer or worse? And the German officer said, it's not going to get any better. So if you want to go back to Budapest, I have a truck going to Budapest tomorrow at 5 o'clock to bring supplies to our people here. And so if you want to go, we go wait, wait us for us, the truck will come in. He said, yes, we're going to go. So the truck took us back to Budapest. <coughs> and on the way, it was still dark, and we could see the missiles going, leaving a, a flat red mark behind them, and they shot back and forth. It was very scary. The children were very scared. <clears throat> so we were back in Budapest, <coughs> and uh, 
My mother was filling up a couple of suitcases so we can have some clothes to change. And my father was getting important papers, so he will have those with us. And uh, a, a, a friend of us came to see my father. He said, you know, I went to the little town where you stayed, and your house was flattened. It was blown up. I went in and to look around, but you were not there. So I'm glad that you are back here because you would have been died if, if you stayed there. <clears throat> so the Lord always got blessed us. Always we have been thankful. My father was always consoled us. And uh, just like uh, Caroline read the, the uh, Psalms, 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. He will lead us. He will guide us along the right path. Even when you walk in the type of darkness or valley, his rod will protect and comfort us. And we were always relying on the Bible my father would read to us. And he always tried to help us to be safe. So we, as I said, uh, my mother got the suitcases ready. The radio said that there's a last train leaving Budapest at five o'clock. So my dad was preparing to get on this. So we closed the house at four o'clock and we had a, a dog with us. And my father said, no, Bukshi. The name of the dog was Bukshi. He said, he's staying. We have enough things to worry about and get a dog. And we started crying. No, we want a dog. He's gonna die, you know. So my mother said, okay, okay. I'll, we'll take the dog for a while. So, uh, we go into the train, and the train was packed. People were standing in this long. Every wagon was filled, and uh, people were on top of the train. People were hanging on the steps outside. How can my dad go with five children? So we couldn't make the train. He took us back to the uh, factory where he stayed, where he worked. He was an engineer, and. Uh, we stayed in a bunker. They had these bunkers that would prevent the bomb to explode. It was a special prop, uh, bunker where everybody went during the, the raid. And so next morning, we got up, we hitchhiking, and got a truck uh, to take us to uh, Austria. This airplane, this car, a truck, stopped. Uh, at one town, Vesprim, as we call it, it was a little town, and uh, my father was looking for some place to stay, but there was, everything was full, the hotels are full. And, you know, we were not the only one leaving, there were lots of, just like you see the people from Syria, you know, leaving with nothing around except a few things. So a man heard my father, said, well, what are we gonna do? He said, well, listen, I have some people staying in the barn, if you want to have a wagon, you have a horse, I can take you and you can stay out the barn without some other people already there. So that's what we did. The next day we continued our trip and we stopped, stopped at a town called Nemeshon. It was a, a, a little bit bigger town, but it was still a farming area. And there we found that my mother's sister was there too, with her daughter and husband, and my grandfather was with them. So we had a family reunion over there, and we stayed there for a few months. 
and uh, okay. Again, uh, oh, my mother's sister was telling us, you know what happened to that train that was leaving Budapest? It was on a bridge and it was blown up. And this is the train that we wanted to be on. It was blown up. So again, we were very well blessed. And in Psalm 34, 7, you said, the angel of the Lord guards those who fear him and delivers them. And we can claim that message, definitely. <clears throat> so my parents decided we're gonna go over to cross the border. We were just a few miles away. So when we got to the other side, Austria, there were thousands of people there. So they put us in these boxcars on the railroad. No seats, just empty boxcars. And filled them up with hundreds of people. We were there, the train would stop at a certain station, we would go to the restroom and uh, bought some things to eat, and then uh, continued. And they told us before we entered the train that uh, when the train stops and blows the whistle, woo, 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 run for your life because the planes are coming, bombing, and they bombed the railroads. So run for your life and find some place to hide. And it happened one day, one night. <coughs> The sun was already going halfway down, it was getting dark. And we heard this noise, the train stopped, so we were running to find, and there were several craters already, 40, 50 feet wide, you know, where the bomb previously were bombing. And so it, they were all full, but one person told us, come here, so they gave us a little room to find and hide <coughs> from the planes. And uh, the fighter planes was already, you could hear it, the cup front of the bombers, you could hear them, oh, they're almost here. And then we found out, oh, Bookshi's not here. We forgot the dog, and we're crying. Let's get the dog, let's go back. And my mother says, I'll go back and get it. I will get him. So my father says, no. If we go back, we go all together. Because if you go alone, you will never find us, but the people were all over. So we all went back to get the dog. And uh, while we were ready to go back, we got the dog. We heard machine gun fire, two bombs, boom, boom, boom. What happened? So we waited, at the, we didn't go anywhere, there was smoke and fire. So when we, People, after the planes left, the people started coming back and told us, you know that hole where you were? Somebody took a match and light a cigarette. And that's where the bombs were in the machine gun fire. Again, okay. saved. I think God knew he needed that dog to save our lives. I firmly believe that. <clears throat> okay. Yes, uh, the dog saved our lives, and uh, uh, in Jeremiah 1, chapter 1, verse 8 says, Be not afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you. <clears throat> 
Finally, we stopped at the place and they took us to Garsten, Austria, a, a small town. And uh, there was a big prison. Uh, political prisoners were there. But they moved them up to the third, fourth floor, then the fifth floor, and they emptied the first and second. So that's where the illegal immigrants went, the first, second floor. And uh, they fed us some uh, oats without any salt, and it was just cooked in water. It wasn't very tasty, but it kept us alive. <coughs> and uh, uh, later on, we had to move from the prison. These political prisoners were there, and other prisoners, we don't know. But I guess they needed more room, so they took us to another place. This time it was nice railroad with seats in it. And they took us to uh, Bishop Solfen, which was a big city. And uh, it was a school, I think it was a school before, and there were a kindergarten, and they put beds in it for us in the rooms, and that's where we stayed for several, for a whole year. Uh, it was a nice place, the food was much better. I remember one day that somebody broke into the, uh, the government storehouse and I could, we could see people running, rolling, Swiss cheese, rolling. My man had two of them. He said, you want one? And they gave us one and we chilled. We took it home and my father would cut them up and, and uh, give out to the people. And there was butter, some people got butter and sour cream and so there were dairy products. Uh, storeroom. <clears throat> we stayed in this city until the war ended in 1945. We were there and uh, first time we met American soldiers chewing gum down down down. So, oh, what how do they talk this? What is this language? It sounds terrible. <laughs> but uh, uh, <clears throat> Anyway, we were so happy because they throw out the food outside the town. When we found out, people told us, hey, there's a lot of food. So we went and there were pies, never been used, steaks, chicken, the, all the garbage they threw out every day, the American soldiers. So we lived on garbage. And when they saw people on this garbage, but so many, they thought, oh, we're gonna create an epidemic. He said, so they put gas over it and burned it every day. We were so sorry, but they burned the food. <clears throat> now we have to move again. We moved to Vienna. We went to uh, Vienna. There was a big, rich person who lived in this place. Several buildings, two swimming pools, big tubs in every house. It was a very nice place. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going ahead of me. First we went to Perham we, after the war. We stayed in Perham. We, they put us into these wooden barracks. It was used by the people who built the railroad. And they used to leave their family. It was empty now. So they put beds in it, and that's where we stayed. And. Uh, <clears throat> there was just one delicacy in a, in a 
town and a railroad station. And uh, we, have our, we were on our own now. We have to get a job and start working. The war is over. So we illegals were in these buildings that put us into a, a room. There were four rooms in the building. We were in one, eight of us. My grandfather was with us, my, my mother, father, and my two sisters and three brothers. So we slept on the top of the bunk and uh, the, the parents slept on the bottom. And we had to live, the way we lived is that we went to the farmers, everybody else did it, and begging for food. We used to go and they would give us a flour, an apple, some, some vegetables, maybe potatoes, went to the next house, the next farm, the next farm. And we would come home and my mother would cook it. And I remember one day she went to Bishop's Open. It was about five miles from Birmingham. And she had her fillings, she had gold fillings. She took out the gold fillings and sold it so she can buy some milk and bread. And uh, eventually my father found a job at the Catholic convent, there was a convent over there. He went there to see if they can help us. He said, you want a job? We can give you a job. And he was sewing these harnesses for the horses, this big leather. We went to watch him, he put a hole in it, then he put the needle piece, very thick. And uh, they paid him by giving him food. So he came home with vegetables and potatoes and different things, so my mother would cook it. And uh, he also got some scrap leather there, and he sewed them together, small pieces, and then he took a piece of wood and he formed our feet, just like a feet. Then he put the ladder over it and made shoes for all of us. So that was nice. <clears throat> so from Perham, we went to uh, Vienna. And uh, <clears throat> let's see. Okay, my father got this job, so he bought some food, but he also supplemented. We three boys would go to the farms also, and, and uh, not with my father, now just the three of us. And sometimes we would stay away for three or four days before we come home and uh, with some food. And those days, they were fattening of dogs and cats. Hitler took all the food for the soldiers. So the farmers, if they wanted meat, they had to kill a horse and a dog and cat. I remember one day a woman came to a, to a house in a, in a barracks over there and he said, look, I just made these donuts, it's very good. My mother would eat it. I use cat fat and my mother would vomit the whole thing out. She was cooking it in cat fat. <coughs> so, this went on for uh, uh, almost a year. We were, my father was working at least and he got some food and we supplemented it. And from, uh, from here, we moved to uh, Vienna. And uh, my father was in charge of, the, they asked him to be in charge of this facility. There were hundreds of illegal immigrants and there were several buildings and they had bathtubs, you can take a bath now. Ooh, it was so nice. We had some pastors and Catholic priests coming to the place and 
the teaching of children, Bible story, very nice. In the winter, we would slide down in the mountains. And uh, we were there until, again, we have to move. But not right now. The, uh, my father asked the Americans, he said, can you supply us with some food? And every day the truck would come, an American truck, and the big barrels of metal barrels with soup and pastas and all kinds of food. So life was really getting better, getting good. <coughs> and I have to tell you a story. My dad was born in New York. He was an American. See, he, his, he came out, his parents came out to the United States on their honeymoon to New York. And uh, in 1889. And uh, they liked it there in New York. So he got a job making Savannah cigars, Havana cigars. And uh, they enjoyed life. And uh, when my father was born in 1891 in March, in 1893, he got a call from Hungary that the grandfather who owned the business died or retired and they needed him to take over the business. So he thought this is better than making cigars. So he went home, it was a big mill. They were grinding corn and wheat and making flowers and so forth. So he went home and my father was born, uh, I mean in the USA, but he got married in, in Hungary. And I should mention that my father was married before, uh, before our mother. He had uh, a, a son, he called him Ernest Jr. and Rose, and then Louise. My, my brother at that time while we were here, he was in Siberia, he was a lieutenant, he was in uh, Siberia in a jail. And uh, the Rose, if she was married, she had two children, she lived someplace else in Hungary. And uh, Louise, the, the other girl, she was uh, killed by, uh, they were going to school every morning with a girlfriend would come to, her to our house, to their house, and pick up Louise, and both of them went to the school. And they had to cross the railroad, uh, railroad. And uh, they were going, and the train was coming, and the girl said, we can make it, so she, let's run. And she made it, but Louise didn't make it. Her two legs were cut off. So she died of infection. And then uh, the embassy opened up in, in Vienna. And uh, my father went there, with, he had the birth certificate with him and he showed it to them. So we were given a passport. All the children, we were on one picture on the passport. Then so we, we were, but we still had to wait another year almost to go back, go to America, even though we had the permission. But the ships that were taking these illegals, immigrants to the United, to the United States, they were full. So we had to wait until then an empty ship. So one day we got the call and uh, we went to Bremenhaven, that's where the ship, we loaded down a ship. 
the ship's name was Marine Flasher. It's the first time I saw these people over there, and first time I tasted Coca-Cola. <laughs> it was very good. So we enjoyed that. And uh, on November, uh, November 1947, we were going by the, the uh, uh, Statue of Liberty. It was still night. In the morning, four o'clock, I think we arrived in Brooklyn, and we saw the Statue of Liberty all lit up. And uh, again, my father was telling us it was so blessing. He was so happy that we were there. And again, they read in Psalm 48, verse 4, 14. This is God, our God, forever and ever. He will be taught not to love, or that you've been taught are not as deserving of love. 48, 14. Now, why have I told you these stories? Just to entertain you with more stories? No. <clears throat> Look at the number of times our lives were saved each time. The house where we lived in Paytory was shut down a day after we left. The train that we wanted to get on was blown up on a bridge. The train where we had to go back to get the dog, again, our lives were saved. And the daily provision of food, we were always had something to eat, even though we were workless, you know, jobless. Uh, was it simply a uh, good luck that we were saved from which time? I firmly believe that it was a guiding, protecting hand of God uh, leading us and providing for us all this time. My story proves that God has amazing plan for each one of us in here, in this church. If we surrender our lives to him, and, and, and for, uh, it, it will be definitely better than we cannot even imagine how he would help us and guide us as he guided us. Uh, the Lord delivered us as he promised. Little did I realize back when I was a child in Hungary, eight years old, that one day I would be in the United States and be a missionary to Africa. Miracles happen every day. God didn't just perform miracles during Bible times. He continues to uh, uh, produce miracles. God is real. God is more, most, most powerful and uh, knowing and he, he uh, Change, uh, he was with us the whole time, guiding and directing us. We need to surrender our hearts to him and believe in his power. And let's pray that God will give us more faith and trust in him, and he surely will. But before I have my prayer, the benediction, I want to tell you something that blew my mind. 
a few years later when I was uh, 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 I was uh, called to be going to basic training in the army. I was uh, 18 or 19 and they took me to Fort Dix, New Jersey for basic training. <coughs> and every morning we had to line up outside six o'clock in the morning and they took a rope call. If anybody is maybe able or, and then, and then the sergeant would say, okay, you 14 people, you go and work in the motor pool. And you do, 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 you go and do police call, pick up anything that doesn't grow. And you do this, you do that. And then they said, okay, you 10, you go to the mess hall. The mess hall is the kitchen. And then when you get, I was one of them, so I went to the kitchen with the others. And there's another sergeant, they said, okay, you, 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 you go peel potatoes. You, 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 you're gonna do the pots and pans, and you're gonna serve, and so forth. And you over there, you go out to the, uh, the storeroom. So I was assigned to the storeroom. And there's another sergeant. He tells you what to do, what needs to be done, and so forth. And he saw these bags of flour, rice, uh, corn, all these different things. He said, take those bags and throw them out in the metal container outside. I said, Sarge, what, what's wrong with it? What's wrong? He said, I have a new shipment coming at nine o'clock. I don't know where to put it. I need room, so throw them out. And it just blew my mind that here, they're throwing out food, and other places people are dying of hunger. <clears throat> so that was, I just wanted to put that in so you can see how it's, it's terrible. You know, in America, it's the food that is thrown out in restaurants, you can feed a country. I, I know when I go to Sissy's Pizza too, people all take all this because it's free and they just leave it there. So anyway, <coughs> let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, many of us in this church have been blessed. You have done amazing things in our lives. You have blessed us beyond that would be have imagined. In the face of difficulty and sadness, we always had something to be grateful for. We, have, we always have a reason to praise you. We are so grateful that we belong to you. Give us a safety home now. Guide us and bless us all that we will. Be faithful to you till the end. I pray in Jesus' name.